0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We're thankful for your goodness for your mercy, your grace, your compassion, Father. We're so thankful for who you are. You are the faithful God, a covenant-keeping God. And Lord, your attention is always towards us. Your attention is always directed our direction, and we're thankful for that. Hallelujah, that we are the, the very apple of your eye. We are the focus of your attention. <laughs> what a blessing that is. What an honor that is, how humbling that is to know that the, the creator, the God of everything has chosen to love us. And so, Father, we're thankful for that. We're grateful to be your sons, your daughters. We're grateful to be your children tonight. We're thankful for your word, thankful for your presence, your spirit that's here, always with us, but it's just so much better when we're together. Just We just can recognize it more easily. It's just different when we're together with you. And so, Father, we're thankful for that. Lord, we're, we're mindful to lift up Pastor Angela, Pastor Edwin. Lord, bless them. Father, we thank you that your hands upon them. Bless them these next few weeks as they're off and about doing their thing. Lord, just watch over and protect them. Bless them. Father, help us to keep our attention where it needs to be and moving forward. Father, help us to live our lives with purpose, that we can fulfill the number of our days and walk worthy of you. Lord, we thank you for it. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Before we go any further, I want to put, if you weren't here this morning, I want to put that picture back up of Jack. I just, I just like looking at it. Uh, I, I just love that. I just, I just love that. And I like more, even better that I make Jack do it because he's back there. I just, so anytime Jack you're serving back there, you might as well just load that. No, we won't do that, but, um, no, nah, he's, uh. Fun, fun memories, you know, we're at that place now where you look back and it seems like, where did, where did the time go? You know, it, was, it seems like yesterday when our kids were, were that size and on one hand, it seemed like it would never end, but, but, uh, it did. And then now we miss it. So, um, I wouldn't go back and do it again, but we do miss it, but, um, <laughs> praise the Lord. You're in Galatians chapter five. So this, these verses here in Galatians five, uh, 22 and 23, I want to just add a couple things or a few things from this morning, but, when I was writing this down and kind of getting this together this afternoon, I felt pressed to go back a couple verses to uh, the 16th verse. So just jump on back there with me. This is Galatians 5:16, and uh, you know I believe this is uh, uh, this is something that uh, is is a part of the message. Uh, it is part of the gospel. It's a part of what we need to be aware of. In Galatians 5:16, it says, "I say then, walk in the Spirit." And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I said this morning, just as a note, you know, I like putting scriptures up on the screen, but you can still bring your Bible, uh, take notes, maybe give you a little extra time to take some notes if you're doing that. But I like that for me and it helps me when we get in a hurry, we can just quickly go through stuff if we need to. But it says, uh, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Notice that in order to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, you have to walk in the spirit. You can't do one without the other. And if you're not walking in the spirit, you're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's just a matter of fact, it's something that's, that's going to happen. Verse 17 says for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another amplified says they are antagonistic to each other. So the flesh and the spirit are always at odds with one another says, so, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Of course, it's not your, the real you, your spirit being. Your spirit wants to obey God. Your spirit wants to, to, to walk in the spirit, but your flesh wants to do other things. It so, says, so that you don't do the things that you wish, your flesh wishes, but you are led by the spirit, or if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Then it goes on to describe the different works. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, um, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries. Revelries are just the need to always be entertained. Just, just that kind of have to be entertained all the time. He said, Of these things, Or says revelries and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is something, you know, just briefly that I believe is important for the day we live in. Uh, We need to make sure that we are uh, uh, making sure and, and guaranteeing or making sure that our election is sure and that we're walking the way that we need to walk. And live in the way that we we need to live. So he said not to do these things, not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then he goes on and then begins to talk about the the gifts of the Spirit. If you look to fulfill those things, then you'll be walking in the Spirit. And that's an automatic thing that'll take place if you'll endeavor to walk in the Spirit to fulfill the the things that are listed there in the 22nd, the 23rd verse. Uh, But you know, when I was uh, thinking about this today, Um, this, this walking in the spirit has this idea, uh, attached to it of, of doing something that becomes so habitual to you that you do it without even thinking about it, that you can just do it by rote or by routine. It just becomes second nature to you. We can get to that place where we walk in the spirit that we're exemplifying and showing the gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit in our life to such a degree that it happens without us even thinking about it. But you have to endeavor to do that. I was watching um, a video on YouTube recently, and I, th- I think it was Yes Theory. I'm not, I'm not endorsing their channel, but I think that's who it was. And, uh, one of the guys, they, uh, took him into a, I don't know if it was underground or if it was, uh, above ground. I'm not sure if it was underground, or above ground, but it was this room, this large room that was completely, uh, separated from had no outside light, completely pitch black, 100% black and darkness, complete darkness, and there was no sound in it, none whatsoever. In which that sounds like a terrible place to be. So they took him there and um had a, a small place to sleep, had a small place to eat, had a small bathroom and shower, had a little couch in there, and they locked him up. I forget what the time was. I think it was several days that he was going to be locked in there and they would bring food Uh, At a certain time, he had to kind of guess when that time was, I guess. And he would go get it out of this little compartment and eat food. And I was like, wow, this is absolutely crazy. And it was just interesting as he was was in there. Did you see it, Luke? You're shaking your head. Uh, When he was in there, at first, you know, he was real uh, just real hesitant to do anything. You can imagine, you ever been somewhere where the lights were completely shut off? I know, uh, years ago, uh, pastor Amy and I were in the mountains. we were in one of those caves and they, they shut the lights off and going from seeing even just a little bit of light to complete darkness is really disorienting. And remember, I just, it, it seems like the world starts to spin and you're not even doing anything. Like, where did all the light go? Well, they turned the lights off and he, he just got really, um, just really unsettled. But you know, over time, he started kind of walking around, feeling his way around the room. It was interesting, when he put forth effort, he learned his way around the room. Even in complete darkness, he learned, he started moving around, not needing to see anything. He could walk around that room, go to the bathroom area, go to the g- kitchen area, go to his the bed area, go to the couch. His big problem was no one to talk to, and I can relate to that. That would be hard. But um, as far as moving around, he got to where even pitch black, he could move around as if it was no big deal. Just, 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 just function, have no problem moving around. Well, you know... If you can do that, naturally speaking, then we can do that where the things of God are concerned, that we can walk in the spirit, even when there's no outside, uh, things helping us just on the inside, we can get so comfortable living in that, that we can do it without even thinking about it. And that really that ought to be our goal. And it goes on to say that those who practice these things, the the works of the flesh, that they'll not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, when you read stuff like that, realize that's not talking about a once, just a one-time slip-up or something you, you, you're, you're struggling with, you're battling with. It also describes a habitual thing that somebody practices and is so comfortable with it that they do it without even thinking about it. That it just becomes a part of their life and it no longer bothers them. They're, they're just comfortable with it. How many of those things are dangerous? And just as uh, these scriptures, sometimes we pull a verse out, look at a verse, but looking in context, where he's talking about the the fruit of the spirit, he's in context, also talking in context of the dangers of, of living in the flesh. And it's a dangerous place to be. We need to make sure we're being careful uh, that we're dealing with stuff in our life that, that's not supposed to be there. So he said to anybody who practices these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but that's not us, amen? But then he goes on to say in the 22nd verse, he, verse he said, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And so I wanted to look at a couple things tonight. Uh, Steve ministered on Wednesday. And if you weren't here, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. He ministered on, uh, tools for transition. That was the title. Now I listened to it when I was at the gym on the treadmill, so I couldn't, I couldn't take notes. Even when you're listening to Brother Steve live, it's hard sometimes maybe to take notes because he's, he, what did you say this evening? You were like, yeah, yeah. When he, when, he, when Steve preaches, his own description is boom, boom, boom. So Anyway. I don't know what that is, but anyway, uh, so he was ministering. And so I said, I texted him, and I said, what were the, what were your five points? He said there were five tools and I could only remember four. And, uh, and, but he said one of them was a sub point, but, um, he mentioned the the different points that it was a great message. I encourage you to go back to listen to it. And like I said, I didn't know what he was going to talk about and I appreciate what he ministered on, but he said, patience, peace, joy, pray, meaning pray, say so stay oily is the importance of that. And then he, uh, he talked about, uh, not participating in Festivus, you know, which is the the airing of grievances for all my Seinfeld fans. And so I appreciate that, you know, um, uh, we all have them and, and, and talk to the Lord about them and that would be great. So, uh, but he talked about those things. And so there were actually two things I wanted to talk about tonight. That would be peace and joy, joy and peace, which are the two of the fruit of the spirit uh, or get, fruit of the spirit that are listed here in this verse, joy and peace. And so we won't be here a long time, but, but I think this will be good for us. So the word joy, now this ties into what we were talking about this morning. And I said we won't be here long and I saw people laugh. Okay, y'all just, all right, all right. That's Festivus, y'all. All right, all right. No Festivus. Uh, who's got a Greek interlinear Bible? I know, Eric, you have one. Who has a Greek interlinear Bible? You know what that is? It has the, um, when you're reading through, it'll take, it'll take the New Testament or, or whatever, and it'll, it'll have the Greek words that are attached to it. Personally, there, there, are, there are certain translations I just love to read. I, I read out of the New King James. Um, I love the Amplified Bible just because I really like the Amplified Bible. Remember I said this morning we love God and people, right? I really enjoy reading the Amplified version because it, it amplifies stuff. Um I I really I almost said love again I really enjoy the new living translation I particularly like that one uh, but one of the ones I always refer to is my my Greek you know interlinear or the or the Greek strongs I look at it cuz I like looking at w- up what the meaning of words are now I'm not a Greek scholar by any means uh I do like Greek food uh, and I guess that qualifies a little bit I know what tzatziki sauce is that's a wonderful thing by the way um uh, but, uh, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can read, you know, and so I like looking at these words, but also like looking at people who give uh, context, not just to the meaning of it, but, but how the word was used. Like the, you know, we have certain word things that mean stuff, but then there's usages of them, you know, uh, like, like my dad always harasses me or, or when I say, so oh, that was bad. He said, like, you mean like bad, good or bad, bad, or what kind of bad is that bad, you know? And so technically the word bad means something not good. But in usage, it could mean something bad, but it could mean something really good, right? And so I like reading people who, who go back in the time where, where the writer was was authoring this, because uh, he was writing to that audience. He's writing, they were writing also to us by the spirit, but he was writing to the audience. And so I like that it, when I can find color or or indication of the meaning, of what they were trying to convey. So, if you have a Greek interlinear, if you look up uh, the word "joy," it's a, it's a word that you probably don't realize you know. It, it's a direct it's a direct derivative of another word. It's the word chera, "chara," c h a r a. It's the Greek word "chara." Does anybody know what word that is closely associated to? In fact, it comes from this other word, and we talked about it this morning. Cheris, which is what grace, yeah, grace is the word cheris, and then joy is chera. So it actually comes from the same word that that is the word for grace, and the Greek would be cheris. Chera is is comes from that word. So this morning, you know, we were talking about the fact that that grace uh, is not a human thing. It's not. It's not a. It's it's People describe it as 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 favor, they describe it as ability, and it is those things. It's not greasy grace, it's not a get out of jail free card, it's not that, but it is, it is unmerited favor, it is uh it is ability, but it's not just normal. There's it's supernatural favor. ever experienced supernatural favor? I remember when we were in Tulsa, um, we lived in Tulsa, and I worked at the Bank of Oklahoma, and um, I was a teller there and I did all the commercial, commercial stuff. I don't know if I told you this before, but I did the commercial drive through. And when I got out of class at Rama, I always went to, to prayer school right after, right after school. And then went to prayer school with brother Hockaday. And then uh, I'd go to work. We, I'd race to work. And so um, I was there for 11 months or so. Well, long story short, somebody that was working with me, that was also a, a Rama student's spouse was stealing money from people uh, there in in the bank. And she stole a large some of money out of my drawer and I got fired over it. So, uh, only time I've ever been fired from a job and uh and, it, and I knew I didn't take it. So, they didn't prosecute me, thank God. Uh but several years later later they found out what happened. Anyway, I left there and I went and I and I uh sold brass ponies. Telemarketing. It was it was super fun. Yeah, I I worked for a telemarketing company for like three months when we were in Tulsa because I needed to I needed to work and so I would you know get out of a prayer school and would go to work and I would call people. I hated that job. I hated, but I was good at it. I was good at it and, and they made me a trainer, you know, and so I was training people after a little while. So that only was going to last so long because I would get home late at night every every day, every night and then have to be in class in the morning and I don't want to sleep through Brother Hagen's classes. Anyone anyway, taking way too long. Anyway. Um, I applied for a job with a financial institution that I didn't qualify for. Uh, It was a a lending company, Citibank. I was was applying for a job with them. And everybody who was applying for this job all had specific degrees in finance. I did not have a degree in finance. None of those things. I didn't meet a single one of the check marks that were there. You know, I, I was completely unqualified for this job. But guess who got the job? When I went in, you know, I I, I didn't qualify for it. There are other people that were active. I remember I went in and there was another, an ORU grad was sitting there waiting to talk to the, the managers doing the interviewing. He got up and left. I went in, I'm thinking, oh, great, you know, and, and, and I got the job. That is not just favor, that's supernatural favor. I mean, you know, I know I'm good looking, but I'm not that good looking, right? And so, and, and, not, anyway, and so uh, I got the job and that's just supernatural favor. Well, it's not something that can be described in human terms, it is, it's, it's a God quality of favor and it's a God quality of, of ability, which that, that really opens the door. If we'll rest in that, and like we said this morning, if we'll be dominated by that, it can take us places that we would never be able to go on our own and in and in environments and seasons that aren't even possible for those things to happen. Why? Because it's a supernatural favor. It's a supernatural ability. It's, it's charis. It's gr- God's grace on our life. Well, this word joy is charis, and it actually comes from the same Greek word of cheris. So joy then that he's talking about here, the fruit of the Spirit that we can walk in, Remember to walk in the spirit and this is one of the fruit of doing that is a supernatural joy. It's not just, it's not just being amused or being happy. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's actually a deeper than that. It's a, it's an inexpressible, uncontainable, undeniable joy that can enter into your life and oftentimes, when the when the when Paul would write about this joy, it was always in connection with tough times. Almost always, he would write about this in connection with difficulties. Go to to uh, First Thessalonians, um, the the first chapter. We'll look at First Thessalonians one verse six. This is out of the New King James. Like I said, when Paul would write about this, almost always it was in in terms of difficulties and difficult situations. So here in First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.6, it says, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. So you receive the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. The Amplified said, uh, says it this way. And you set yourselves to become imitators of us and through us of the Lord himself. You welcomed our message in spite of much persecution with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about joy, but in context or connection to have much affliction or great persecution, that word affliction actually means like heavy, heavy pressure, like severe pressure, uh, overwhelming pressure. If you know anything about the church here in Thessalonica, they, they went through some really difficult times, but he said they embraced the word of the Lord. They became imitators of of them and the Lord Jesus in this period of great intense pressure with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And so it is a supernatural uh, uh, thing or quantity that we can have in our life, this joy that only comes from the Father. Um, we have something that's so much better than the world. And it's not just being happy people, which we should be happy people, but it's, there is available to us, just like grace, uh, there is available to us this joy that is a supernatural power In our life that will sustain us even through difficult times. We used to sing that song, you know, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy, right? We sing the world didn't give, the world didn't give it and what the world can't take it away. That's describing a supernatural. That's not being happy. Sometimes people think that means we have this joy. What does it mean? We're supposed to be, we're supposed to just be giddy all the time. That's not what it's describing. It's not an emotion at all. Emotions are terrible guides. They're wonderful when they fall in line with what you have in your heart, but to follow them otherwise is really not good. But joy, you can always follow that because it's not an emotion. And it's a supernatural power in our life. It's a supernatural quantity that will move us forward just like grace, just like that favor, that supernatural favor, that supernatural ability, that supernatural joy will move us forward as well. So when challenging times come, we have something. We have his word. We thank God for that. We have his spirit. But then more specifically, we have this joy that will show up even when the pressure gets turned up. And now, why is that important? I mean, you think about the time we're living in, just generally speaking, we live in a time where you can see pressure is beginning to increase. Pressure on the church in America is beginning to increase. Now, before we get too upset about that, pressure on the church around the world has been increased for a long time. The pressure that the church is experiencing is, is a pale or a small comparison to the pressure the church in China has been experiencing for generations, right? I mean, it's a very, 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 very small thing. Let's not let the fact that we've been blessed all this time cause us to lose sight of the fact that God's still on the throne, right? You know, we're, we're, we're okay. We're, we're going to be okay. But in this period as, as pressure, I believe when we, if you read the Bible, if you read what Jesus said about the last days, there will be pressure. He even said, don't let your heart be troubled. So I'm not prophesying this, but we have scripture on it. We don't need prophecy on it. We have scripture on it. That's, that's, that's what's going to be there. And really in our Christian walk, there's always going to be difficult times. I remember the time Brother Hagin, the lady came up to her and uh, came up to him in the, in, the, in, the, in the prayer line and said, you know, would you pray for me that the devil would leave me alone? He said, well, do you want me to pray that you'll die? She said, well, of course I don't want that. He said, that's the only way that the devil will leave you alone is if you drop dead. Because if you drop dead, you're going to go to heaven and he can't bother you there. So if you want me to pray for you, that's what I'm going to pray. She said, never mind. So, you know, went on about her business. So Joy is something that's available to us, but it's a supernatural joy. So that's this fruit of the spirit that he's talking about here. Well, what about peace? Peace is also a supernatural, uh, substance that we can have in our life. And, and these are things that we need to be looking for and allowing to dominate and to master us and to, and to direct us in our everyday life is this grace of God, but also the joy of the Lord and also the peace of God. It's also a supernatural, uh, a supernatural thing. It's an above and beyond uh human reasoning. It's a peace that goes above and beyond what we can see, what we can understand, what's even normal. There have you ever been a situation that you were, you were in and you, there was a peace in you that didn't make sense to anybody else. We've all been there before. And, and this is something that we need to rely on and look For in our life. A lot of times we we fall short. When I say fall short, I mean we miss out on what's been provided just because we're not looking for the right thing. It's not that it's not there. Joy is always there. This joy we're talking about, this grace is always there because remember, Paul said, This grace has been given to me. Well, if you're a new creature in Christ, that joy's been given to you. That Peace has been given to you, so if he instructs us to walk these things out, then we know we have them in our life they they belong to us it 's a part of who we are, but a lot of times we miss out on making that connection because we 're looking at other things. we need to be looking for these things to be working in our life and then just cooperate with it just send, then then participate with it. so we have access to the very peace of God. Look with me over at uh, in Philippians the fourth chapter. Philippians chapter four, this is a a verse I know you know. Yeah, Philippians chapter four. Great, great verses here. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So there's there's some things that we do that are active on our part. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and what the, this cherah, this divine supernatural peace, uh, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So even in the times where we're tempted to be anxious, this peace, this supernatural Peace is available to us. Now this peace isn't just a warm and fuzzy feeling. Peace, just like joy isn't an emotion, it's not being giddy. Peace is also not being really relaxed. Which is good to be relaxed. It's good for your blood pressure. It's good for you, right? Being relaxed is good. It's not being super chilled out. That's not what peace is. It's a supernatural uh, anchor that will come over you not really come over you. It rises up from in you because it's there. It's this, this anchor in this solid foundation in your life that will rise up if we'll look for it. And these are things we need to be making room for and, and putting a demand on and al- allowing the Holy Spirit to do this. Remember when Jesus in uh, John, I've got it here in John 14, 27, you can put it up Jack, John 14, 27, He said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives you do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What amazing verses those are. He said, peace I leave with you, and not just any, he said, my peace I give you. Woo! And then he said, let not your heart be troubled. What does that mean? That means when things come that makes you want to lose your peace, you cannot let your heart be troubled. But it's interesting, you know, when he's John chapter fourteen, he's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's talking God, the Holy Spirit, in these passages. He remember he said, "I'll send you another helper," and then the very next verse, he said, "My peace I leave with you." So this peace, it's 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 an attribute. It's a per, you can say this. It's a personality trait. That's awesome. It, it, it's, it's something we, we would use to describe the character and the personality of the Holy Spirit. He's peace. And that's been left with us. In fact, that lives on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit's there and everything he brings is dwelling on the inside of you. I don't know about you, but that comforts me. When I have ever, ever been tempted to get, start getting a little flustered. We have a choice to make. You have a choice there. You know, am I going to, am I going to go that direction or am I going to look to the inside and find that joy that's there and then find that peace that's there. But it doesn't feel like it's there. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It's there. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what, what anybody else is doing. Your spouse can be losing their mind. That does, that doesn't, that doesn't change anything. Michelle looked right at Steve. Right, your spouse can be losing your losing their mind. You know, she went. I saw that. I saw that. Let's all pray for Brother Steve. All right. So you you can be you, your spouse or people at work or whatever can be can be become very uh, unsettled. But you can make a decision to look on the inside and and allow that peace to begin to dominate your life. Like I said, it's not an emotion, but it's a supernatural thing. I'll tell you this, if you will yield to joy, if you will yield to supernatural joy, if you will yield to supernatural peace, it'll change how you feel. It'll, it'll, I said it'll absolutely change how you feel. It's an amazing thing. There's a, let's look at an example of, uh, of this at work. Go to Acts chapter 27. We've looked a lot today at the Apostle Paul. And uh, Acts 27, a great set of passages here. And, um, I don't know what time I started, but, um, you know, our brother Paul went through a lot of stuff (laughs) and, uh, uh, Paul, Paul endured a lot. Uh, you know, Paul was used a lot. Um, I mean, just, just think of his, his faithfulness and his willingness to embrace the grace that was on his life. I mean, what a blessing it was to the people he ministered to, but, 2,000 years almost have come and gone, and his work is still blessing us today. That, that's what these things do. You realize that that's what these supernatural things that we have, grace and peace and joy, I mean, they're not just for us, but they they, 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 they move beyond us and can then affect others. You have this, um, this set of passages here in uh, Acts chapter 27. This is... Uh, some people call this Paul's fourth missionary journey. This is his prison journey uh, from Jerusalem to, uh, to uh, Rome. And, and this was a, a somewhat forced trip. I guess he did ask to go, but, but um, the, the Lord was leading him to, to do this. And so he asked to, be t- to, to appear before Caesar. But it um, says in uh, verse, 20, verse 1, he starts beginning to describe um, the process of the voyage to Rome. Well, let's look at the 13th verse, and Jack, you don't have to put this up. Well, You all can read along with me a lot of verses here. It says, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their, their desire, putting out the sea, they sailed close by Crete. So, right away, we've, how many times have you been there? You step out into something? Now, this was the will of God. So, that didn't, sound like, that didn't sound like the will of God, because he was a prisoner. No, he remember remember they tried to try to convince him not to do this. We see chains and bonds await for you. And he said, This, he said, as the will the Lord wills. You know, I'm gonna, we're gonna obey. You know, you, there, there's just something about not arguing what the Lord says, let's do it. You know, let's just obey him. But he this this trip begins and it seems like it's starting out great. But as soon as you step out, as soon as you start moving in a direction, mm-hmm. and verse two, verse uh, not two, but verse fourteen happens. It says, But not long after A tempestuous headwind arose called a, what's that again? Uroclodon. Uroclodon. There we go. All right. I like that. Uroclodon. That's basically a a big nor'easter showed up. So a nor'easter came around. Verse 15. So when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And I'm not a sailor. I have paddled a boat before, a canoe, you know. I've done that, and and but letting her drive when you're in the ocean's probably you're not in a good situation when you do that. This nor'easter came and it was so bad they had to make a decision. We're not going to fight this thing anymore. We're just we just have to let this go. Our brother Paul went through a lot of stuff, and this is just another thing being added to the list of things that Paul went through. And so they're in this boat, and then this nor'easter comes up. This you you what, what brother Brad said, Euclidon came up this Nor'easter. And so they just, they just, did I say that wrong? Somebody, maybe I did. Anyway, I probably did. Anyway, y'all ask brother Brad later what that is. But so then they let her drive. They let the ship just go. Verse 16, in running under the shelter of an isle called Claudia, we secured the skiff with difficulty. When we had taken it on board, when they had taken it on board, they used cables un- to undergird the ship and fearing lest we should run aground on the Sirte Sands, which is the north coast of Af- Africa, which was really known for, for bad, bad, uh uh, 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 sand berms and, and things there. You know, what, what's that called? Sandbars. And so a lot of people had perished there, had crashed there. So they, fearing lest they should run aground in this particular area, they struck sail and were so driven. So even once again, trying to start off, the boat's just getting driven its own direction. The, the wind, the storm is taking it. And because, of the, we, and because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day we lightened the ship. That means they're starting to throw stuff overboard. Now, I've never been, I remember we had that men's fellowship, that fishing thing years ago. Anybody remember that? Where we took off from, uh, From um, we were in St. Augustine. Who was on that trip? That was a long time ago. And we had a tempest, we had a water spout pop up. You remember that, that water spout that popped up, not that far from our boat. And I'll tell you what, I was looking to throw somebody overboard. I mean, you know, we, we, we're trying to head back and, and I was, I was kind of young. I was younger at that time. I was a, a teenager and I remember it was raining sideways. I hid next to brother Bob, like, you know, brother Bob can block a lot of wind. So I'm going to get next to brother Bob, you know, and if that thing will take him, I'm holding on to brother Bob, you know? So I stood next to him. I'm thinking about throwing stuff overboard. Well, they're in the place They're they're lightening the ship you tell things are getting worse and worse? There's probably not a happy feeling on this boat. Nobody's glad to be there. Well, it gets worse. The next day, says they lighten the ship, verse nine or 19, on the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. This is awful. This is a really terrible place to be in. It says, but after a long absence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, "Men, you should have listened to me." <laughs> Remember I said this morning. Paul had a reputation for being kind of a jerk. I, th- I think I said kind of gruff. He was kind of a jerk sometimes to people, and people had a hard time with the brother Paul. But he just said it like it was. So he said, "My." Guys, I got something to tell you. You should have listened to me. I'm, probably, I'm sure they wanted to throw him overboard. But he said, and, he said to, and not have said, should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all, or you all, those who sail with... uh, God Indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe that it is ju- it will be just as it was told me. So in the midst of all of this, Paul gets before the Lord. What's he doing? What, what's he doing here? He is, he is making a decision to get alone with God, locate the Spirit of God on the inside of him, and allow this peace to start taking the forefront, right? And in the midst of that, he got a message for everybody that, listen, we're going to be okay. No one's going to die. We're all going to be good. Now, after 14 days of this, they finally were shipwrecked, which that was actually a wonderful thing. They could get off that crazy boat. I'm sure they were happy to to be off that boat. But 14 days had come and gone. But Paul made a decision to let peace begin to dominate him, made a decision to let peace begin to direct him. The cool thing about this is when we do this, not only does peace give us an anchor, not only does peace bring soundness and foundation and wholeness to us when our emotions are saying something else. I mean, imagine if Paul had just been like, all right, Lord, all right, this is too much. I mean, I've been beaten I've had this happen, and then, and and okay, now you send me to Rome, and this happens. We've given up all hope to live. You think well that, that Paul would never have done that. Paul, I guarantee you, Paul was fighting those very thoughts. Paul saw a lot of stuff, and he was human just as much as any of the rest of us were. I'm sure Paul was fighting the temptation to just throw in the towel like everybody else. What if Paul had done that? What if Paul? had made the decision to let something else dominate and just throw in the towel. Paul likely may not have ever made it to Rome. Well, it was the will of the Lord. Listen, the will of God is one thing, and, it, and, and, and it's important, but you have to understand that the will of God doesn't just happen because God wills it. He has to have people that will cooperate. With, well, yeah, the Lord is sovereign. He, he is sovereign, but he's made a decision to work with us. Somebody would have taken the message to Rome. I'm sure it would have happened because the will of the Lord would have been accomplished. It just wouldn't have been our brother Paul. It would have been somebody else that he'd have to send to, to send to do this. But no, Paul made a decision. I'm not going to be disturbed by this. I'm not going to be brought down by this. But I'm going to yield, submit, let this supernatural peace dominate my life. And the good thing about it is it was, a, it was confidence everybody else. Life is better and more fruitful when we let joy and peace be the things along with grace that dominate what we're doing. Joy and peace being a part of what guides us. Not just when things are easy, but when times are difficult. You know, I was thinking today, our, our time in Jacksonville, we put the picture up when we graduated from Ramo with, with the Hagens, and then we, we went to Jacksonville. I've, I've said this before you, maybe you've heard me say this, the, our, our three years in Jacksonville, uh, were probably three of the hardest years of our life. They were, they were, it was a difficult period of, of time. And, um, you know, when we, when we, we, we were graduating from Raymond, looking at what to do, we had different things that we could have done, but the Lord I believe spoke to us and told us to go there. When we got there, we were like, Lord, why in the world did you send us here? Like what's going on? And, and, um, you know, we're so thankful for it now. You know, we, we recognize what it, what it was now. I mean, the Lord, the Lord, it was a time of testing for us, a time of, to, to prove, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, how are we going to handle these things? But it was not an easy time. It was just a tough stage of life to be in. Have you Ever, ever had something that you were offered that the Lord tells you don't do. And then he told you to do something else that in the natural was way less fun. Right? And the whole time you're doing it, you're thinking, Lord, why couldn't you have just said, do this other things? Because I hate this, right? And it had nothing to do with Bruce and Cindy. We love them. It's just, it's just, it was, when when you're, I mean, our, our schedule, I was working 60 hours a week, the same finance company with Citibank. It was a very high pressure job. And I say high pressure. If you work in, 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 Commission based sales like that, where it's all about numbers and all this. I mean, it, there's a lot of pressure. And so it was a high pressure job. Uh, Amy was working for the bank there in uh, or- Ortega at, at uh, First Guarantee Bank, I think it was in Ortega. And so in, her job wasn't as stressful every day. She wasn't working 60 hours a week. She was working 40 hours a week. But she had people with guns come in and point them at her face. That's, that's kind of stressful, right? I mean, that actually happened. I was I was at work and I got a phone call. And, I, and it, you know, my cell phone rang and I picked it up. Hey, it's me. I just want to let you know we just got robbed. And I uh, just wanted to, thought I'd tell you. All right, bye. I'm like, well, cool. She sounds like, oh, that, that's crazy. But she sounded totally calm about it. And she's like, I think, I think she was, I'm in the back room. I'm not supposed to be on the phone. So I just wanted to tell you, Bye. Yeah, so the FBI, when you get robbed, if you're ever robbed at a bank, which I trust you won't be, they say don't talk to anybody. So she called her husband. She's a, she loves me. So <laughs> she, she called me one to let me know. She was good. Well, she was just so matter of fact about it. I'm like, I didn't know what. what. She was we were coming here that night to see Shekinah glory as soon as we got off work. Did we end up coming? Did we end up making it? We, we even made it to Shekinah glory. That's how much we love Shekinah. So, so you know, we, when we were there, this guy came, when she was there, this guy came in and with this, this whole group of guys came in, a ski mask, the whole thing, and, and they had guns. They actually put a gun to Pastor Amy and said, you know, they made her go around and get all the money out of the drawers. That's, that's kind of stressful, right? That's, 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 that's not a good day at the office, right? And so she, she but when she called, she was just so calm about it. She was just calm. She said after the fact the guy threw the ski mask, he almost acted apologetic towards her. Like, I'm sorry, you have to be the one to go get all the money out. But, you know, it, but he, he, did, he kept the gun on her the whole time. But, you know, made her do it. You know, when they were done, had them all lie on the floor. The people in her office were freaking out. She crawled on the floor to comfort different ones. And well, she's like a, like a little, you know, like a little uh, green beret or something down there. You know, she's like, hey, we got this. And so she's comforting this one, comforting that one, you know. But, but what was that? That wasn't, that wasn't normal. So that's not normal. I mean, I worked at the bank when we were in, before I got fired in, in Oklahoma, right? I mean, people lost their peace because they were missing a 20, you know? I mean, this was a big deal. And she was just totally calm. I had no idea. I'm like, okay. So I went, I didn't think anything else about it. I didn't pray for her. Great husband I am. I mean, I was like, well, cool. She got robbed. She's, you know, but she's good. And I, I thought, you know, somebody passed her a, a sticky note. Like, this is a hold up. That's a robbery. I thought that's what it was. I didn't know it was actual loaded gun. You know that's a little more worrisome, but you know what is that? that's not normal that what that's a supernatural thing what is that that's that's the peace of God. Well, those three years, I mean, it was it was a, it was a it was a difficult time for us, and just because of the season we were in, there was a lot of demands on us. And you know, Sunday morning we were ministering a lot. Sunday mornings we started setting up uh, there in Jacksonville at a school, which is always fun. So we we had a closet that had all of our stuff in it with a lot of stuff, like packed to the ceiling. It was like jenga putting everything in there. And we would eight o'clock in the morning we start setting up, and we were literally going as fast as we could until it's time for church. And then as soon as it was over, I mean, I would either run sound, play drums, and then take the teenagers back and minister, or, and then Amy every week had the kids every single week. This was our schedule. And as soon as church is done, we're racing to get everything put up. And we did that till one o'clock, 1.30 every single Sunday. Now we didn't have Sunday nights there, but we, we, we went straight to the beach every Sunday night, took our dog to the beach. So that was wonderful. But, but, but we worked, you know, it was, it was stressful. On Wednesday nights, I'd get off work, working 60 hours a week. Now, to get off work and in my driveway, there are teenagers waiting on us. Like, I haven't even gotten out of the car yet. Hey, Pastor Greg, what are we doing tonight? Right? Now, I love those teenagers, but that was kind of annoying, right? That wasn't a peace-filled thing when you're racing home, getting off work late, racing home, you haven't eaten, haven't had time to get prepared the way you'd like to be prepared. I mean, let's be honest. That was the season we were in. Well, it was just like that for three years, And, and, you know, we didn't always handle it right. This was nobody else's fault. Now she did great with the gun thing and the, and the bank robbery, but, but we, oh, she did wonderful there, but, but we all items didn't handle it right. We weren't letting grace dominate us because we got so busy trying to do all these things ourselves, working really hard. We had to learn some lessons. You, you know what? There are some things that you just can't do right? And that's okay, but we know somebody who can do them, right? And then we weren't always real good about letting peace and joy. We would lose our joy. I mean, we went periods where, you know, like I know my dad has talked about uh, for periods, he, he would come in and preach and and he would think when service was over on a Sunday night, if, if we packed our bags, <laughs> packed the car up and we were gone Monday morning, no one will know. We'll just leave. Do you ever have those feelings before? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, And, and, and we would, we would debate back and forth. Should we just pack up and go, you know, should we just like, and then we would talk each other off the ledge, you know, one week was my week and the next week was her week, you know? And so like, I'm ready to move out and go to Colorado or do anything else. And she's like, no, now Greg, we have to do what the Lord said. And the next week she's packing her stuff. I'm like, no, 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 we have to do this. And, and that was nobody's fault, but our own. That was completely our own fault. Why? We weren't accessing what had been given to us. Period. We weren't, we weren't, we weren't doing our job. It's available, but we weren't doing what we needed to do. So why am I saying all this? This is kind of our, for Pastor Amy and I, kind of our inaugural Sunday, you know. You do realize that difficult times probably lay ahead. Now we know people who have been involved in transitions, you know, taking over, especially We've had successful, wonderful pastors that everybody loves that have been there for 43 years, right? They didn't get voted out by the church board. You know, I mean, we, we know about those things that happen. Those are terrible. That, that's not what happened. They, The Lord told them to leave and told them to move, not leave, they're not going anywhere, but but to branch out in other things. And so you have that, that kind of, when, when Pastor Amy and I got back from Tulsa, you know how crazy people are? Can I tell you? We came back, it's interesting, I going, going back, when we were in Tulsa, or in Jacksonville, rather, the moment we finally got our act together and quit this, like, talking each other out of leaving all the time, right? And we finally said, you know what? This is where the Lord has us. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're gonna let grace start helping us. We're gonna let peace and joy start direct. We're actually gonna let the, it wasn't a few months later, the phone rang. It's time you need to, you need to, we, we need to have you come, come back to High Springs. I, I, my first thought was we should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> but what happened was Ike and Cindy, Amy's sister and her husband, they were, they were the associate pastors here and Cindy was in charge of, of the youth ministry here. The Lord had been dealing with him about moving to Canada, starting a church in Quebec. And so the Lord talked to them about leaving. And so, you know, if that's going to happen, then they need to have somebody come in and replace them. So he my dad called Pastor Bruce and said, hey, I'm going to need my son and daughter-in-law back. Is that all right? He wanted to check with it, make sure. And so he said, sure, I totally understand. So we, you know, started talking and working things out, you know, and I got a job transfer because I worked for the same company here in Gainesville for a while. And, and, um, all these things happened, but you know, when we got back in the midst of all of that, Cindy and I had a, had a supernatural, I don't know how else to describe it. It was a visitation, a vision And they saw a specific, they didn't even know what it was. It was the very interstate that runs through Quebec, Canada. Had no clue what this was. I mean, the Lord supernaturally directed them to go and they needed it because it's not easy ministry up there. It's difficult up there, you know, and so, and so they needed this, but the Lord supernaturally spoke to them. And so they talked to my dad and said, Hey, we need to move. And so all this stuff happened. We got back. We had people that were angry at us for getting Ike and Cindy kicked out of the church. I'm not kidding. That, that my dad, nepotism, wanted us back so bad that he booted Ike and Cindy to get us back. And I'm like, you do, re- you do realize that you're talking about our family as well. Right? I mean, it's not like I and Cindy are just two rando people. This is, this, this is our brother and sister-in-law. I mean, this, this, we like do vacations and Christmas together, you know, and, and we like each other. You know, I mean, this is not that nobody, but people got all upset about it. So, you know, we, we've done this. We've been aware of enough of these things and, and kind of paid attention. You, you, I, I've grown up in the ministry my whole life. You see stuff. You just see stuff. You just see stuff, right? I, I, are there going to be people who, who get an attitude about it? I, she said, sure. Thank you for your faith. All right. So, no. <laughs> all right. All right. So, I, I, I trust we're more mature than that. But, you know, I won't be surprised by it. I will, and I'm, I won't be offended by it. You know, I said this morning, I'm not my dad, you know, and, and when people have this kind of connection, you you have a connection with your pastor. That's normal. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a part of, it's a part of being in a church. I mean, you know, part of this sheep know the voice of their shepherd. And so you, you have an attachment to your, especially in all those years. I mean, you know, it's a part of that. Well, you know, there could be people who have problems with this down the road. There's always a honeymoon period, but after the honeymoon period wears off, like when you get married, honeymoon period wears off. You realize, Hey, so-and-so's breath ain't so fresh in the morning, right? Well, <laughs> not my wife's y'all would say that. I would never think something like that, but you know, you, you, you start realize there you, there people that have humanity and, and, and things aren't always what you thought they were. And we kind of idealize things and you have this idyllic distortion for all of my, uh, uh you know, people out there who, who, dealing with counseling, right? This idyllic distortion, you think things are, then you realize, hey, it's not that way. Well, people can get, can, can, honeymoon period wears off. People can, can get upset. How about this? The devil doesn't like progress. The devil has never liked progress. For 43 years, the devil has tried to be a jerk to impact family church, just like he is with every church that the Lord calls. The devil is an equal opportunity harasser. You know, he harasses Everybody. And and so are we going to have harassment as a church? hundred percent. We'll, we'll, we'll have some things. You know, I I remember all the times being in service, not many, but over the years, somebody would come in and, and cause some kind of a disturbance. Have y'all been there for any of those? i never forget the guy who stood up in the middle of church on a Wednesday night. When I was a kid, it was a Wednesday or a Sunday night. And my dad was talking about, you know, the devil. And we don't have to be afraid of the devil. And it was a great message. And this man stood up and he said, you better be afraid of the devil. And, and I thought it was super funny. But, but, you know, when you're the pastor and that happens, that's not funny. You know, I can I, all kinds of stuff like this. Well, you know, those are things that are a challenge. And then pastors sometimes have to deal with things. And, and oh, my you know, sometimes a pastor's got to deal with stuff and people don't know all the details and they get their feelings hurt for somebody else when they're actually uninformed, almost said ignorant, but that didn't sound nice. I'll say uninformed. They're uninformed of what's actually going on. And you know, it's just like when you're a parent, you don't always tell your kids all the details. There's a lot of stuff we've dealt with over the years that we didn't tell our kids. We just, there's something we got to do. And they didn't know the why you just have to trust mom and dad to know what they're doing. I can't tell how many times people got mad at my parents over stuff that if they had just known the craziness that was going on behind the scenes, they would not have harassed them and ran their mouth about them. Right? What is that? That is spreading strife. That, that, that is, that is, those are things that can be disconcerting. Those are things that if they're not dealt with, they can actually sidetrack a church. They can keep the plan of God from taking place. Right? Right? So what, what am I saying? Well, you know, this is our inaugural Sunday and, and we're likely at some point to have people who don't like something. I know that's hard to believe. People think, oh, Pastor Greg, everything you do, we like. Oh, just wait, just wait. <laughs> Amen, Kendra said. She, has, yeah, everybody's like, she almost took a lap right there. No, I mean, th- this, this is just life. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just life. None of us are perfect. The reality is we might make a mistake. We might do something. We might have a plan or a project or something we do. That's completely ridiculous. You, oh no. <laughs> thank you. I I'll waiting for somebody to help me out. I mean, yeah. Oh no. Our, our dessert cop. Thank you very much. Um, you're hired for next year. Um, you know, these things happen. The, these things happen. I mean, you know, we're human. Before you get upset with us, just realize we have the same kind of blood running through us that you have running through you, right? Are you ever tempted to lose your cool? Well, guess what? Woo, right? It can happen to me. You know, the problems can happen. Things will come up. Why am I saying this? We need to be prepared ahead of time, right? We need to know ahead of time. We have to be real about what we're doing. We have to be real about what we're doing. We're in the Lord's family and the church is not my church. It's not Pastor Amy's church. The reality is it's not even our church. Above everything else, it's the Lord Jesus' church. But he's entrusted Impact Family Church to us collectively. And because us collectively are involved, us collectively can cause problems. Right? And then the enemy can send people in. And sometimes people just come in and, and that's our mission field. People send, God will send somebody in that's searching, wanting help in their life. I've seen it time and time again where churches get upset about that. Oh, that they shouldn't be doing that. That's what sinners do. Oh, that's not, that shouldn't happen in the house of the Lord, but that's what sinners do. That when they don't know any better, that's what they do. We ought to be more mature and realize it wasn't that long ago. We probably were doing the same things. Let's not forget where we came from. Whole point is, you know, there will be there will be seasons ahead. That that there'll be times we'll have to make a decision. Let grace dominate. There'll be there will be seasons ahead. We'll have to make the decision to let joy dominate. There'll be seasons ahead, like our brother Paul. That we will have to make a decision. You know what? If this doesn't look real good. Let me find out what the Lord's saying, and I'm gonna let peace dominate. They're all supernatural. They're all from God, but they're all needed. So I just want to encourage us today. Let us let's, let's be on the same page. Let's let's be determined to attack this together. You know, you have uh, Amy and I's commitment. We're we're gonna be we're gonna be as you know, take heed how you build. We're going to take heed how we build. And I and I told you earlier, I'm I'm a change guy. I'm I'm. I know it's that dirty seven letter word that y'all don't people not y'all some of you don't like. Is it six? And I am good at math. All right, so y'all even took the time to count that. I'm, I counted it in my office, C-H-A-N-G. You're right, it is six. I counted, that, I counted that several times and it was seven. So you already know that Pastor Greg is not good at math, right? And it, if that is offense to you, well, find some joy, find some peace, right? Six-letter word. We're, we're going we're gonna to be tempering how we do. Now, you know, I know Steve said, let's not let this turn into Festivus. But, you know, Festivus for the rest of us. But you know, I'm not opposed to people want to talk about something. I'll, I'll discuss things. I'll talk. We're we're not afraid of that. We're totally cool with talking about stuff. I I won't guarantee that I'll just agree and do what people want to do. You know, I'm an, I'm an, I I I'm 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 held accountable to the Lord. We we know we're held accountable to the Lord for the decisions that we make. We realize that. But you know, we're going to endeavor to do that. But let's just endeavor together. This is what a family does. This is, this is, what, a, this is what a local... If we're going to do what God's called us to do, if we're going to do it, if we're going to accomplish it, if we're going to walk this out, and if the Lord tarries, if we're going to have something to hand off, you know, all of us, if the Lord tarries, are going to be handing this off to somebody else. Not just us. All of us are going to do that. Parents, you're, you're, you're preparing to hand it off to your kids, right? I mean, th- this is what we're doing. This is this is an eternal mindset of how we're approaching things, right? And so if we're gonna hand this thing off, let we have to we have to make sure we're doing the things that we know to do and letting these these supernatural gifts fruit to abound in our life. We have to make that determination to do it. Will y'all do that with us? I believe you will. We're 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 gonna we're gonna go, we're gonna do what we need to do. Amen. Praise God. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Hallelujah. Jesus, we honor you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. We love you. Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we're in awe of you. We're so honored, God, to be a part of your family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're grateful. We're grateful. Father, we agree together. We prayed this morning. We believed and received this grace. Lord, we know it's there already, but we put our faith out to begin to walk in these things to greater measure. But Lord, we also do the same with peace and joy. Let these things be the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit that help not all, but but part of those that guide us and move us forward as we accomplish your will father we thank you for it in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus amen 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 amen. hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord praise god praise god praise god praise god you know as a side note I was thinking this morning after I left you know you know, and you, if you ever, if you ever spoken before, maybe minister on a Wednesday night. When you get done, you think of things maybe you should have said, or you know, like hope I didn't put out the wrong thing or the wrong, you know, whatever. You ever like second guess yourself? Yeah, that's that's kind of you. Kind of like start thinking about this, thinking about that. You know, I thought this morning after I left, I said, you know, we're 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 going to accomplish the will of God. But then, but then you start thinking, well. You know, if you start talking too boldly, people start looking at their start looking at their watch, start looking at the calendar. You know, like what does that mean? How long is that going to take? You know what I mean? We got to get past that to where we're 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 our faith is strong until a certain date comes. You know, and then and then we start backtracking because it didn't happen the way we thought it would or in the time we thought it would. That's starting to to push back on the grace of God. He's always right on time. And when will these things come to place? We're going to do our part to get ready. We're going to do our part to be led. But remember, one planted, another watered, but God gives the increase, right? And so we'll do our part. That's all we have to focus on is doing our part. We can't do his part. We do our part. We'll do what he tells us to do. And that's not just here in the, in the building. That means outside the building. You, You do realize we're the church, not just in here, we're the church also out there. That's who we are. We're not just impact family church in the doors. We're impact family church out there as well. We'll do our part. God will bring the increase. Amen. I said, God will bring the increase. And that's not just in, that's in every area. That's more people. That's, more revelation that's better uh better times going deeper in the presence of god experiencing more of the presence all of those things we'll have all of those things let's do our part water we'll plant we'll plant we'll water he'll give the increase amen at impact family church it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the word of god we have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching